10x by Grant Cardone. Achieve massive action, results, and accomplish your business dreams. While most people operate with only three degrees of action, no action, retreat, or normal action. If you're after big goals, you don't want to settle for the ordinary. To reach the next level, you must understand the converted fourth degree of action. This fourth degree, also known as the 10x rule, is that level of action that guarantees companies and individuals realize their goals and dreams. The 10x rule unveils the principles of massive action, allowing you to blast through risk aversion while taking concrete steps to reach your dreams. It also demonstrates why people get stuck in the first three actions and how to move into making the 10x rule a discipline. Find out exactly where to start, what to do, and how to follow up each action you take with more action to achieve massive action results. Learn the estimation of effort calculation to ensure you exceed your targets. Make the fourth degree a way of life and defy mediocrity. Discover the time management myth, get the exact reasons why people fail and others succeed. Know the exact formula to solve problems. Extreme success is by definition outside the realm of normal action. Instead of behaving like everybody else and settling for average results, take massive action with the 10x rule. Remove luck and chance from your business equation and lock in massive success. On with the book summary. Chapter 1, what is the 10x rule? The 10x rule is simply setting targets that are 10 times larger than what you think it will take to achieve your original goal, and that you need to do 10 times more action than what you thought you would need to do to achieve it. Most people make four big mistakes when setting goals. Setting objectives too low, 10x your objective. Severely underestimate what it will take to achieve the goal. Resources, money, people, actions, etc. Too much time competing instead of focusing on your own stuff. Underestimating the obstacles that you'll run into when working to attain your goal. We are taught not to overextend our goals or to create unrealistically large goals. This is false. When you limit your goals or the success you desire, you are limiting what is required of you to achieve it and you will fail as a result. Chapter 2, Why the 10x Rule is Vital On your journey to success, it's expected that you'll run into obstacles or roadblocks to overcome. In order to compensate your momentum for those roadblocks, you'll need to adjust your aim higher, 10x higher, to guarantee that you will hit way above your original goals. When you don't hit your targets for the month, do not make the mistake of lowering your target to meet the results. Never lower the target you are aiming for. Instead of blaming your current failures on excuses such as the market isn't ready, the economy is bad, our targets were unrealistic. You should realize that you probably haven't correctly assessed the correct amount of action that it would take to accomplish your goal. Next time you set a goal, increase it by 10. Chapter 3, What is Success? Success is all areas of your life. Success involves all of your life, spiritual, career, physical, familiar, financial. It really depends on your own definition. It's important because it's how the world evolves and transforms as time passes by. Chapter 4, Success is your duty. It is your obligation and moral responsibility to do the best you can for you, your family, the company you work for, and the world around you. It is your duty to the world, your family, and yourself to commit to achieving the best that you can in life. 
Most of society tries to attain success, but when they can't attain it, they try to convince themselves they aren't worthy of it, or they didn't want it in the first place. If you realize that your goals can be attained by increasing your aim 10x higher than your original goals or desires, and you aim for that, you at least aim and achieve above your original goal. Successful people aren't lucky. Successful people aren't lucky. It takes a lot of hard work for them to get where they are. Don't convince yourself that lucky people are just lucky. It has to do with hard work and action. There are no overnight successes. Success always comes as a result of earlier actions taken over a period of time. Success comes about as a result of mental and spiritual claims to own it, followed by taking necessary actions over time until it's acquired. Chapter 5, There is no shortcut to success. I'd just like to pause briefly before starting this chapter to say thank you for watching and listening and supporting Best Book Bits. If you want to continue to support Best Book Bits growth for the future with more book summaries to come, check the links below where you can help and support Best Book Bits. On with the summary. Chapter 5, There is no shortage of success. In our society, we've been trained into a scarcity mindset. Success isn't a finite resource and there are no limits. Therefore, there's no reason why you can't have it unless you have a scarcity mindset. If you achieve success, it doesn't limit or take away my ability or success that I can achieve. You can achieve it just as much as I can at any point in time. Success isn't a lottery or a game or a commodity. There are no shortage of spots to win, just like there's no shortage of ingenuity, talent, intelligence, originality, ideas, determination, or persistence. A scarcity mindset is when you hear someone say, well, they make way more than I do, they should pay for. Success for anyone or any group is ultimately a positive contribution to all people and all groups, as it provides validation of the possibilities to all. In other words, don't be worried about your competition or that someone else is becoming more successful than you are in your venture. Instead, realize that it's just a validation to you that it's achievable and you can have it too. Notice that I refer to success as something that's created, not acquired. Unlike copper, steel, gold, or diamonds, items that have already exist that you must find, success is something people make. Money is created by man and printed by machines. Not even money exists in shortages. It merely suffers from reductions in value. Chapter 6, Assume Control of Everything. You must take big responsibility for every single thing in your life, even if it isn't your fault. If you want to be successful, you need to give up excuses and own up to everything you do or don't do. It's the only way. Successful people hate the blame game. Anyone who uses blame as the reason why something hasn't happened or didn't happen will never accumulate real success in life and only further his or her status as a slave on this planet. To get where you want to go in life, you must adopt the view that whatever is going on in your world, good, bad, or nothing, is something caused by you, even things that you have no control over. Crybabies, whiners, and victims just don't do well attracting or creating success. It's not even that they aren't capable. It's just the people who typically succeed are required to take big actions, and it's impossible to take big actions if you don't take big responsibility. It's equally impossible to do something positive when you're spending your time making excuses. Chapter 7, 4 Degrees of Action There are four options that you have when taking action. Do nothing. Retreat. 
take normal levels of action, take massive action. Every person utilizes all these at some point in their lives. The first degree of action, do nothing. It takes the same amount of work not to do something than it is to do something. When you're at work and you're procrastinating, it takes the same amount of energy to look productive than it does to actually do some work. The second degree of action, retreat. Realize that any retreating circumstances still requires you to take an action, aka making a decision. So if all things require a decision or an action to be done or made, wouldn't you rather be it in the direction of success? Retreaters retreat backwards with the excuse that they are trying to avoid failure. The third degree of action, normal slash average levels of action. These are people who seem to be taking the necessary amount of action to be normal, actually the most dangerous because it's considered acceptable. Average levels of action are actually a retreat from what you are capable of. If you're capable of much more than your skills and talents and you are taking average actions, you're actually retreating. The fourth degree of action, take massive action. Massive action is actually the most natural state of action there is for us. Children are always in massive action except when something is wrong. If you've ever wanted a kid to take it down a notch, you've seen massive action. Chapter 8, Average is a failing formula. Average action is another way of saying acceptable level of activity upon which the middle class is built. We are addicted to average as a society. If you take average actions and you have average thoughts and your average problems will quickly become overwhelming problems at some point when you run into any obstacle. An example of this, if you live longer than the amount of money you've saved in retirement. When average action hits any resistance, competition, loss or lack of interest, negative or challenging market conditions or all of these, you will find your project tumbling down. Average actions assumed, incorrectly of course, that everything operates stably. People optimistically overestimate how well things will go and then underestimate how much energy and effort it will take to just push things through. Chapter 9, 10x goals. Before we jump into Chapter 9, 10x goals, what goals do you have? I'm currently running a coaching program at the moment and looking for a few more people to join. If you're interested in me personally coaching you, shoot me through an email at coaching at bestbookbits.com. That's coaching at bestbookbits.com and tell me a little bit about yourself and we can jump on a Zoom. Back to the summary. Chapter 9, 10x goals. We are taught to set realistic goals, but this is a lie. When we do that, we are downgrading our abilities by assuming we can't make them. We often set goals too low when we are writing them down. If you start small, you'll probably end small. Write your goals as if they already happened. I own instead of I will own. I own instead of I will own. Don't write your goals down only a couple of times per year. Write them down every single day. You can't come at it with average thinking and expect to get massive results. When setting goals, realize these things. You are setting goals for you, no one else. Anything is possible. You have much more potential than you realize. You have much more potential than you realize. That's why I suggest you get a coach, get me. I will be accountable to your goals. Success is your duty, obligation, and responsibility. There is no shortage of success. Regardless of the size of your goal, it will require work. Chapter 10, Competition is for sissies. Competition is dead. Don't regurgitate. Create. Your biggest domination problem is obscurity. 
Copying is a form of competing, and competition is dead. Forward thinkers don't copy or compete, they create. Do what others refuse to do, do what your competition won't do to set yourself apart and create a new level. You can use social media to dominate consistently and persistently. Your biggest problem is obscurity. I say it again, your biggest problem is nobody knows you or your brand. Normal actions won't cut through the noise. You want criticism. You want criticism. Two things happen when you take the right amount of action. Number one, your competition starts promoting you. And number two, you get a new set of problems. The rules, norms, and traditions of any group or industry are usually traps that prevent new ideas, higher levels of greatness, and domination. Chapter 11, Break Out of the Middle Class. The middle class only operates off of what they need right now, not what they need in the future. The middle class is average thinking. It's more of a mindset than a class of society. A millionaire can still have a middle class or average thinking. Chapter 12, obsession isn't a disease, it's a gift. Obsession is not a disease, it's a gift. So open it. Obsession of your job or your goals aren't bad. It's actually really very good for you. Obsession is a great objective for success. Let your excitement and obsession on your goals dominate your thoughts and actions. It's a requirement to get to 10x actions. Obsession is a natural human state. Children are naturally obsessed when they are engaged in learning or an activity. I suggest you become more obsessed about the things you want. Otherwise, you are going to spend a lifetime being obsessed with making up excuses as to why you didn't get the life you wanted. Chapter 13, Go All In and Overcommit. Going all in and overcommitting is better than undercommitting to your goals. There are no shortages of how many times you can get up and continue. There is no failure unless you quit. It's impossible for you to use up all of your energy or creativity. It's impossible for you to run out of ideas. Overcommit and overdeliver. Never do the opposite. Why is it bad to overcommit? That is silly. Knock it out of the park and do both. Chapter 14, Expand, Never Contract. It's better to expand during a recession than contract because you'll be leading the pack at the end. During a recession, expand further out, never contract. By contracting, you can't dominate the sector when things start fresh again after the economic downturn. By expanding, you set yourself apart from the pack. And I just want to touch on one thing here before we proceed. Yes, it's COVID-19 at the moment. I have just released my book, Success in 50 Steps, The Proven Formula That Works. So Google Michael George Knight, Success in 50 Steps. I've spent 13 years researching and writing this book, and it combines 500 book summaries into one. So check it out, but don't slow down during a recession or a downturn like COVID-19, because things will only upturn on with the book summary. Don't blindly follow the masses who contract during a recession. Instead, following the pack, lead them. Instead of following the pack, lead the pack. Grant Cardone says, I would rather die in expansion than die in contraction. I would rather fail pushing forward than in retreat. Chapter 15, burn the place down. Never rest on your laurels. Keep adding fuel to the fire while you're taking 10x actions and gaining traction. Don't rest on your laurels. It goes away. Keep stacking the fire. Keep stacking the fire. There's never too big of a fire. Newton's laws, Newton's law of inertia. An object in motion continues in motion. Be wary of those who say things like they've you've done enough or who tell you to take a vacation or a break. 
Andy Grove, one of the Intel Corporation's first employees, coined the saying, only the paranoid survive. Success demands constant attention. You can't ever let it go and rest. Keep moving forward. Success is like a lawn, constantly needing watering, mowing, trimming, etc. It's a myth that people get to kick back and relax with their success. Chapter 16, Fear is the Great Indicator. Push into fear. It means you're going the right way. Fear is a sign that you're doing something right and moving in the right direction. If you aren't feeling fear, you aren't doing enough of the right things. Most of the time, what you fear doesn't even happen. False events appearing real is what fear really stands for. False events appearing real. Now remember, fear only exists in your head. Fear is only an emotion. It's not rational thinking. Stop using fear as a scapegoat or as an excuse to stop or retreat. Use it as a green light signal to keep going. To be successful, you must do what others refuse to do. And people may normally feel fear and refuse to go toward it. To be successful, you need to run towards fear. Starve your fear by taking away its favorite food, time. Collapse, time. I handle this dilemma myself by omitting time from the equation. Since time is what drives fear, the more time you devote to the object of your apprehension, the stronger it becomes. Chapter 17, The Myth of Time Management You probably don't know how much time you're spending on things. Take a notebook and write down every second that you're spending to find out where you're spending your time. You have the exact same time as every single other human on the planet. It's all in how you schedule it. Those who are the most concerned about time management are the ones that believe in shortages. Most people don't even know how much time is available to them in their lives. If you don't know how much time you have, how can you manage it? Set distinct and definitive priorities. Every single person has 168 hours in a week with 37.5 productive working hours on average in the US. An imbalance is going to occur if you don't do enough with the time that you have. To convert time to money, think about this. If you're going to live to 75 and you're 37 years old, you only have 1,950 Wednesdays left. What if you had $1,950 left to your name? Would you watch it slip away or would you do whatever you could to increase it? The only way to increase time is to get more done in the time you have. Create a schedule so that you can get more things done with the time you have. Make sure to put your priorities first so they're always taken care of and you are being fulfilled. Chapter 18, Criticism is a Sign of Success. Before we jump into chapter 18, I just want to say I can give this free PDF away to yourself or if you know someone who needs to read this book, there's a link below where you can pop in their email or shoot them through the PDF. They won't even know it's from you and that might give them a kick up the ass that they need. So chapter 18, criticism is a sign of success. When you start to get criticized for what you're doing, realize that you've finally got attention and you are well on your way to success. Just roll with it and keep going. What better way to retaliate than to keep succeeding? There's no way to achieve serious levels of success without getting some attention, aka getting criticism. No matter what choice you make in life, you will get criticism from somewhere. Wouldn't you rather get it from someone jealous of your success than from your family, boss, or bill collectors for not taking enough action? The people who criticize you are the people whose excuses for not doing enough will morph into reasons why what you were doing is wrong. Anticipate it, expect it, 
and realize it is going to happen. Chapter 19, customer satisfaction is the wrong target. Don't focus on customer satisfaction until you have customers. Instead, focus on increasing customers. If you are over-delivering, such as suggested in this book, then you don't have to worry about customer satisfaction because you're already doing it. Instead, you need to focus on more customers. Grant Cardone says that he's most worried about non-customer satisfaction, those customers who didn't buy that are unhappy. Why are they unhappy is the question. Send a survey to your customers to find out why they didn't buy. Chapter 20, Omnipresent. Be everywhere at all times to get attention and overcome obscurity. That is your biggest issue, omnipresent. Chapter 21, Excuses. An excuse is a justification for doing or not doing something. Really, an excuse is something other than what the real reason is that motivates your actions or lack thereafter. Making excuses doesn't change your situation. Only finding the real reason will change it. Excuses are for people who refuse to take responsibility for their life and how it turns out. Slaves and victims, in other words. Excuses never improve your situation. Remember this, the only thing you need to remember, excuses never improve your situation, only actions do. You need to know which ones you use on a regular basis. Start understanding the difference between making excuses and providing actual sound reasons for those events. Successful people don't make excuses. Nothing happens to you, it happens because of you. Excuses are a major differentiator between whether you will succeed or not. Engaging in self-pity and excuse-making are signs that someone has an extremely minimal degree of responsibility. Excuses are never the reason for why you did or didn't do something. They're just a revision of the facts that you make up in order to help yourself feel better about what happened or didn't. Chapter 22, Successful or Unsuccessful, the final chapter. The difference between successful people and those who accomplish less is that successful people talk, think, and approach situations, challenges, and problems differently than most people, and they definitely think about money differently. Here is Grant's list of traits that successful people have. To read more about each one, you will need to purchase the book. On with the traits. Have a can-do attitude. Believe that I will figure it out. Focus on opportunity. Love challenges. Seek to solve problems. Persist until successful. Take risks. Be unreasonable. Be dangerous. Create wealth. Readily take action. Always say yes. Habitually commit. Go all the way. Focus on now. Demonstrate courage. Embrace change. Determine to take the right approach. Break traditional ideas. Be goal-orientated. Be on a mission. Have a high level of motivation. Be interested in results. Have big goals and dreams. Create your own reality. Commit first, figure out later. Be highly ethical. Be interested in the group. Be dedicated to continuous learning. Be uncomfortable. Reach up in relationships. And last, be disciplined. Bonus chapter, chapter 23, talks about getting started with 10x. Where to start? What time do you give it? Where do you even begin with implementing 10x actions and thoughts into your life? And that's wrapping the book summary on 10x by Grant Cardone. 